0: We are the Hallmarkies podcast, and I'm Rachel, and Amber's here. Hello, everyone. Yes, and we are so excited in honor of marrying Mr. Darcy. We have decided to talk all about our favorite author, Jane Austen, and her masterwork, Pride and Prejudice, and the many, many adaptations that have come over the years. So, you're a big uh, Jane Austen fan, Amber? I am indeed, yes. Yeah, what is it that you like about Jane Austen, and in particular, Pride and Prejudice?
1: Um, the characters, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if Jane Austen did one thing well, and she did more than one thing well, but if she did one thing well, it would be crafting interesting characters.
0: Yes, I have maybe a bit of an unorthodox view on Jane Austen because I actually don't think that her her books are about romance. People always kind of is these, you know, they're just about people getting married or whatever. And I think that that is actually not true. Her books have almost no romantic dialogue of any kind between, Emma's really the only one that has actual like romantic dialogue between Mr. Knightley and Emma. Uh, Whereas like in Pride and Prejudice, Darcy basically, it just says, he said what uh, what was appropriate for a man desperately in love. Like it doesn't even give you the romantic dialogue. Her books are about characters being faced with choices. And you get to go on the journey as these characters have to make these difficult choices. And her characters are really, really bold for her day. I, I don't know if we quite appreciate now, like, how bold it is for somebody like Lizzie to refuse somebody. Like, even Mr. Collins to refuse him was very bold. And, yeah. uh, and uh, so you, you, and certainly somebody like Darcy uh, was insane to refuse in that day and age. And, and, uh, and so all of her characters learn lessons and, uh, and they, uh, and they grow as characters. So they're very dynamic. And uh, I, I think that it just happened to be that at that time, the major decision that women had to make was who they were going to marry. That was the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And, uh, and so I just, I don't know. I think that they're not just fluffy romance books at all. No,
1: they're not. Um, but I wouldn't go so far as to say, like, they're not about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Jane Austen was also saying, like, I mean, obviously it was a commentary on the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of sat- – I mean, I think they're mostly just society- societal satires mm-hmm. more than than that. And I think one of the things that she was also saying is that, like, just getting married for security is not – necessarily a good move
0: yeah because almost every married couple in her books are complete disasters there's a few exceptions like the gardeners and the westons and a few ones that are stable but most of them are really not not happy marriages not not very good uh and so uh, yeah there's i think she's saying a lot about uh these characters that Uh, that have to, you know, make these tough choices, and that they're not going to do what the society tells them to do. I
1: mean, especially her, I mean, the dialogue that she does have, and not necessarily even, I mean, even her, just her prose is hilarious. She is so funny, Jane Austen, as a writer. She's, Mm -hmm. she's clever, she's witty, and I think a lot of the times people think of like, oh, Jane Austen, I love Jane Austen, when they really mean like, oh my gosh, I love Colin Firth, which is fine, but he's also not Jane Austen.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. All right, great. Well, so there's been a lot of different Pride and Prejudice versions over the years, and uh, and, and I think that Pride and Prejudice uh, and Taming of the Shrew are, like, the foundation for almost any romantic comedy that has come out in the last, since forever. Um, I, almost all are either, you have these, like, opposites, but they're really in love kind of a story that you see mm-hmm. in so many romances, uh, which is trying to kind of ape Pride and Prejudice. Uh, or you have, like, the gimmick, like, there's a bet, or an article that has to be written, or a thing, and that's very, like, Taming of the Shrew. You know, you get, there's this bet. and uh, But I think what so many things that try to do a Pride and Prejudice does uh, what they get wrong is they forget that yes, Darcy and Lizzie might not like each other, but we know that they're good people. And we see throughout the novel <laughs> that like that many people love Darcy. The Bingley's love Darcy. His sister loves Darcy. We know he's a good person and we know that a lot of people love Lizzie, <laughs> her dad, her sister, You know, and so what happens, I think, with the bad romantic comedies that try to pull off this formula is they just make them hateful. And so you don't care about them. You don't want them to get together because they're just awful people. (laughs) And they forget that, like, really making these characters, I think, likable. So you're rooting for them so that you know that if they could just, like, communicate effectively, they would get together because they're good people. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And I agree with you. I mean generally. (laughs) Because, I mean, really, in, in, like, theater and fiction, there are really seven basic plots. So, I mean, you could technically say, like, oh, well, actually, it's, this is Jane Austen's version of Much Ado About Nothing, or, like, whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could. You could, one could argue that. Yeah. Um, but... Jane Austen the reason why it's such a staple and why we compare it to so many things is because Jane Austen did so well and the the main thing is she formed even her like one-dimensional seemingly characters like Lizzie's mom Mrs. Bennett Mm -hmm. who all she cares about is getting her kids married whatever she even still has more depth than just being like a Gibbet monster lady. She's, right. act, I mean, like, the only reason why she cares so strongly about getting her daughters married off is because if she does not get her daughters married off, they will just, like, be starving homeless monsters. Like, yeah. they couldn't get jobs. That's not really allowed. They, there's no opportunities for them. So yeah. getting them married, especially considering that they didn't have any sons, so their house is going to be entailed away, is the only way for her to get security for her daughters. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, I agree. start with the most new, most recent one first, and some of these we'll spend more time on than others. I'm going to start with the most recent uh, film, which is uh, Alicia and Mr. Darcy, uh, and this was our Hallmark film starring Ryan Peavy and Cindy Bugsby. And... Uh, yeah, so for me, actually, I thought this was cute. They have uh, Cindy as, as playing Elizabeth. She's a, a teacher who ends up getting fired unfairly. And she gets a job as a basically like a dog walker, dog care for these um, dogs that are shown in dog shows. And uh, one of the judges of the dog show is uh, Donovan Darcy, who played by Ryan Peavy. Uh, Who they don't get along at first, and uh, and then Francis Fisher plays his aunt, the Lady Catherine character, and uh, but you know they get thrown into different uh, situations together, and you have your typical uh, sort of Pride and Prejudice arc that happens, and I I really enjoyed it. I thought the script was pretty sharp, and I think Cindy Busby is super charming, and I liked their I thought they had good chemistry together. And the dogs are cute. I don't know. Just enjoyed it. So, Amber, uh, what about you? Um, Listeners of the podcast will know it is not my fave.
1: And I just felt like, I kind of felt like Lizzie wasn't likable to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know why. I can't put my finger on why you don't like someone. Sometimes you just don't like people. Um, (laughs) and that's not saying that I don't like Cindy Busby, because I love Cindy Busby, but I just didn't really feel like Lizzie was someone that I wanted to root for. I felt like she was a little bit, I don't know, irrational for me. Um, and I really care about, like, why is a character doing something? I have to, like, believe their motivations. Anyway, um... So I didn't love it. Also, I am afraid of dogs, and little dogs are scarier to me than big dogs. And this movie is all about like little dogs, so I think that might also be part of the problem. Maybe. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I
0: I I'm not in real life. I do actually struggle with with animals in general, um, but I, but on movies, I'm okay. With that. I mean, I don't think that that dog is gonna come out of the screen and eat me.
1: I'm not like irrationally afraid of them. I don't, like, flinch when a dog comes on the screen, but, like, uh... <laughs> I don't
0: yeah, know. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I I, I think it, it, a lot of it is just those intangibles that yeah. are, do you think people have chemistry? Uh, I, I think that they they did a pretty good job with the script, and, uh, overall, I, I, neither of us has seen Mary and Mr. D'Arcy yet at this recording, so we'll see how they, how they, uh, bounce off of that but uh but yeah so anyway we differ on that one where did it land in your ranking it was number eight in my ranking see this is the funny thing is it's actually number eight in my ranking also see <laughs> but I, in- really, I don't have any of these that i like hate i guess like they're all... i mean there are a couple that i kind of hate right so next up we have the movie pride and prejudice and zombies this came out in 2016 and was based on the mashup book that, that was a popular. These, these books that take uh, uh, classic novels and, and intertwine monsters and, and zombies and things like that into them. I've never read the book. Have you read the book? I did read the book. And it was, like,
1: fun, but also sort of ridiculous. Because uh-huh. it literally takes the text from Pride and Prejudice. And then every once in a while, it was like... It is a truth universally acknowledged that all single men must be in want of a wife and also zombies exist. Like, it's, like, it's really funny, but also I'm not sure why it was, like, insanely popular.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess the movie's something just sort of different. I don't know. I never, I never read the books, but uh, this movie, it stars Lily James as Lizzie, and then it also has Jack Houston, uh, Bella Heathcote, uh matt smith is in it as mr collins and um lena Headley had Head, lena heddy is in it uh, i asked a pretty good cast and i i i really liked it i was surprised because i went into this being like oh this is a disgrace to the name of pride and prejudice i was I had a very bad attitude about it going into it mm-hmm. um and then i went into it and i was like this was actually fun for me i thought that they the uh it was kind of Fun to see like our favorite characters kicking and butt and fighting, and, and I don't know, I liked it. It's not perfect, some of the action is not shot that well. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think that these zombie rules are sort of mm, I mean, I'm no expert on zombie stuff, I don't watch most zombie stuff, but like they can like control it and like hide it for like long periods, which is like weird. I've never seen a zombie thing where that can happen. Um, but I didn't really care. I just found it kind of fun, and um, and it's. Pro- I-, I thought that Matt Smith was hilarious. I thought he did a great job as Mr. Collins. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed it. I was surprised that it got such bad reviews because
1: I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's just a really high concept show.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
1: And I think those are hard to connect with a wider audience. Um, also, there were parts of it that I didn't really connect with me but it is fun yeah
0: and it had a cool sort of visual style i thought to it Mm -hmm. the way that they did the um i don't know, just all the costuming was just sort of fun i thought the costuming was really fun yeah absolutely and uh yeah it's i didn't think that the darcy was that great uh no i he was I think, I think they were trying to go off to the Matthew McFadden type—that's more like quiet and and uh, and shy sort of type. But he was—he was a little bland. But, uh, but but Lily James is awesome. Yeah, she's great in it. And I
1: found myself watching this movie
0: and thinking, you know, I just wish
1: that they were just doing it a straight Pride and Prejudice with Lily James as Lizzie Bennet and. Mm-hmm you, Smith, as just Mr. Collins. And that's the thing with that. I mean, I shouldn't want to, I'm like, I shouldn't just want this movie to just be regular. I should be like, yes, and zombies. And that movie didn't really make me feel that way. Um, I read a review somewhere that said, like, not enough Pride and Prejudice and, or not enough zombies. And I agree with that. They they needed to, they didn't do a good balance of what they needed to accomplish, but it's still fun.
0: Yeah. I mean I going out of it, I thought this movie's like the perfect date movie because it's got like the zombie stuff for the guys and like the pride and prejudice stuff for the girls and like it's just perfect. But yeah, I guess it just didn't have enough of either of them for it to really be
1: Yeah. As as the perfect Venn diagram intersection of zombies and Pride and Prejudice, you would think this movie was meant for me, but it didn't deliver enough on either score.
0: Fair enough. For me. Um, where do you have it ranked? I, that being said, I do have it ranked seventh. I have it seventh too. Uh, That's so, oh no, I have it six. I have it six. Okay. Six. Yeah. So I have it at six. And uh, so, but I, I, I was surprised to see it on like people's worst of the year list and stuff like, I just don't, I, I don't know. I thought at least stylistically and they were trying something new. I didn't think it deserved hate, outright hate, I'll just say that at least. But anyway, everyone eats their own, I guess. Um so then we have the Twelve Men of Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, which came out in um uh, which came out in two thousand and nine. Uh, and this is a very loose I didn't even realize it was a sort of a loose take on Pride and Prejudice until you mentioned it and I'd seen it like many times. <laughs> um but uh, but anyway, so it's Kristen Chenoweth. This was for Lifetime, uh, and she's this uh, PR person, and she gets uh, cheated on by her boyfriend and gets kind of blacklisted by all the uh, people in New York City for PR. And so she ends up taking this job in Montana, the Glacier National Park, and she ends up getting all of these uh, service And rescue guys to do this calendar and it's pretty fun it's pretty charming i like josh hopkins as the i guess darcy type he's super charming they have really good chemistry and uh, it's just it's a fun i i kind of feel like it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. um uh but uh, i enjoy it Uh, what do you think about this one
1: i i don't love this movie Mm -hmm. um I, I I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. And then I feel like on the rewatch, it doesn't, I don't think it improves. And I don't think, I, it might get worse on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is fun. I love Kristen Chenoweth. I think she's a delight. The thing about this movie is I didn't really care about her romance with the like fake Darcy guy or her romance with the fake um, Wickham, Wick- guy. Wickham guy. But I... I really enjoyed the sub B plot of her like Jane and Bingley characters. So that for me is the best part of the movie. But I, you know, once again, if I like the subplot better than the main storyline, it's not
0: that great. <laughs> yeah, I love Kristen Chenoweth, and uh, and it, I mean, I even love the the uh, Descendants movie because I love her as Maleficent. I I don't know. I just really really enjoy her. And I don't I I actually really like that main plot so I have it ranked at number seven. Um, I have this ranked at number nine. Oh, okay, interesting. Then we go to two thousand and five, and we have Pride and Prejudice, directed by Joe Wright, starring Kieran Knightley and Matthew McFadden. And this movie is a lot of people in the Austenite fandom don't like this movie, and uh, because I think what they did is they have Keira Knightley is the star, and typically in Pride and Prejudice, that it's the Darcy character that goes through the most change and the most, you know, sort mm-hmm. of. Uh, and uh, I mean, Elizabeth does have her sort of moment of clarity after reading the letter, but. In this one, I think because Karen Knightley was the star, I feel like she's the one that goes through most of the change and whereas in and, and Darcy really isn't that much of a jerk. He's just kind of shy and just sort of quiet, you know like he's he it's a different take, I think, on the character, mm-hmm. and uh, Joe Wright is a makes stunning films, you know it, like cinematography. The, all the things. I like how it's a little bit earthier. It's a little, dirter, a little bit dirtier than other adaptations. You know, there's not like a stuffed costume piece kind of air to it, which I appreciate. Um, and I think that they do actually have pretty good chemistry and I like it. What do you think of this one?
1: Yeah, I really like this adaptation. I think that, um, it, you know, it doesn't focus as much on the social satire, obviously. But yeah. you're not going to be able to squeeze that kind of stuff into a, you know, 90-minute, two-hour adaptation. Mm. Um, so what it really does is I think it hits the high points really well. Um, I love the characterization of Mr. Bingley in this movie where he's kind of like a, like a bumbling, insecure, but like sweet, mm. sweet yeah. man. Yeah. Which I really believe is... Um, you know, Mr. Bingley, um, I really actually feel like what they did is get a lot of the characters right, um, so I can forgive a lot if the characters are true to who I believe the characters are, so, like, where this is different from, say, like, an Anne with an E, where it doesn't quite follow everything exactly, I still feel like in their bones the characters are who they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you, um, you agree, though, this is sort of a softer version of Darcy than we see in other versions?
1: You know, Quiet I, I kind of feel that way about Mr. Darcy. Like, in other adaptations, sure, he's like, a confident, rich guy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in the books, he's not necessarily that way. And I feel like Colin Firth's, ad, you know, characterization of him is not really that way.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh yeah I don't know I, to me, this was even more so than Colin Firth version even more yeah it I
1: mean, it is more um, I feel like all of the characters are a little bit softer yeah I, I, part of the reason why I really love this is donald Sutherland character donald Donald Sutherland's character isn't like I hate my wife, yeah. not really. he's just like teases his wife and mrs bennett is not like yeah, a horrible harpy She's just what i imagine you know like a frazzled wor- worried mother who's trying to get her daughters married yeah who's a little bit silly but i don't i mean like i don't interpret mr darcy's not mr darcy mr bennett's frustrations with the mom is like oh if only i could get a divorce from her i just think it's like haha tease my wife who's yeah. silly yeah I mean, when she says my nerves, and he says my nerves have been my constant companion for years, or whatever. Yeah, he's not saying it like, "Oh, I just wish I was dead." I think he's just like, "I mean, it's you, right?" I don't know. Yeah. I so I appreciate the the characterization of even the parents' relationship a lot in this movie.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there too. I think that all of the all of the roles are just sort of softer, and. Uh, um a little more even like i said even the cinematography and the production design and everything is kind of a little bit earthier and a little bit softer and a Mm -hmm. little bit than like you know some of these more stuffy period pieces type of films uh and anyway so yeah it's oh also i just want to say too What's I the- love the score in this movie. It's yeah, incredible. to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful score. And Keira Knightley was nominated for Academy Award for this, this movie. So she did a good Was score. she? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, she was. How do you have the um, 2005 uh, ranked? Oh, I have it ranked at number two. Yeah. Same with me. Next we have Bride and Prejudice. This is our Bollywood meets Hollywood <laughs> this is a Bollywood version of Pride and Prejudice uh, and they have your typical Bollywood songs and uh, it's really fun Uh, this is like a kind of a Western version of a Bollywood movie like my friends who are my friends who are super into that are like it doesn't count I'm like it counts Uh, I don't know but it's a lot of fun it has all the major beats uh, of your typical Pride and Prejudice story and uh, the the lady who plays Lizzie is stunningly beautiful, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. What do you think of this one? I really love this
1: movie. I first watched this movie, I guess, in 2004, um, on a sli- at a oh. sleepover at my best friend's house. And it was life-changing. <laughs> we, I mean, we, like, danced around all the songs. It was amazing. Um and I love the director Garinda Chada. She's she did Bender Like Beckham and Angus Songs and Perfect Snogging, and she's done a few other movies like It's a Wonderful Afterlife and The Viceroy's House, which I don't know if you've seen, but I have seen she's, the Viceroy's
0: House. Yeah.
1: Oh, I could you. Um she's awesome. I wish she would make more fun rom-commie movies. Um, um honestly if she could make a Bollywood version of every Jane Austen book I would be the happiest person alive
0: <laughs> yeah um
1: so I I mean I love the songs in this uh it doesn't stay necessarily like it's not really super true to the books but what it is true is it is a a society it, it does more of the social satire that Jane Austen would have appreciated yeah.
0: It's more um, of a comedy than, like, your 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Like, that's yeah. not a comedy. But this is, like, a comedy.
1: Yeah. And I and I feel like one of the things that I really like about it is, I mean, I don't know what it's really like in India. I have never been. Yeah. But I feel like it's it's interesting seeing, you know, how they play up the, like, India versus the, like, English s- relationship for part of the conflict between the two people um so i really enjoy it Uh, i think it's so wonderful i love the guy who is the wickham he's elijah on the um the original so yay um i just really enjoy a lot about this movie Mm -hmm. and i love it
0: yeah it's a lot of fun uh where, where do you have it ranked it's number four for me It's number five for me, so we're pretty close. Uh, Next we have a version that probably a lot of our fans have never heard of. Uh, It is Pride and Prejudice, a Latter-day Comedy. This is from 2003, and this is a local, I guess, movie uh, that was made for a Mormon audience. Uh, (laughs) And it stars Cam Heskin and uh, Orlando Seal and... Uh, yeah, what do you think about this one?
1: Okay, so I just want to start off and say, I went to the premiere of this movie. I have pictures of me with the guy who plays Mr. Bingley when we went to the premiere. I have a copy of the Pink Bible that they talk about in this movie because they, like, released a book along with the movie. Um, I love this movie for sentimental reasons. And also... It is, I know it's, like, over the top and, like, hyperbole of what, like, Mormon culture is, but it actually pretty much nails it. Um, There is a scene where the Mr. Collins character is talking at the pulpit, um, and she fantasizes about getting up and just chucking her hymn book at his head. And I know it's not appropriate to say, but there have been definitely times when I have wanted to be like, oh my gosh, you're the worst. Why are you talking? And just like, could you even imagine... Just like someone who is up at the pulpit talking about something that should not be discussed at the pulpit and just chucking a hymn book at their head and making them sit down. And everyone in the audience is like, yes, it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, People might not understand that <laughs> that in our faith, uh, we're, we're both Latter-day Saints, we're both Mormons, and in our faith, we don't have any paid clergy. So anybody is just called upon from the audience to to speak, usually in advance, but, uh, to speak. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, that has mostly good results, but every once in a while <laughs> it's not, not the greatest, but, uh, but, you know, that's, that, that's our tradition for our faith.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I would say that also one of the unique things about this is in our faith, we have things called singles wards, which is where people who are not married can choose to go to a singles ward. And even the singles ward is an entirely different animal from just like a a family ward where you know like just a typical church would be singles wards are different and it's not necessarily like everyone in there during church is like man I'm gonna marry that girl but there are people who are like that and Mm -hmm. it, it makes for an interesting an
0: interesting life yeah, it does. That's a good way to put it. I, I currently go to a mid-singles ward, so uh, it's like the older version. you have this ranked? I actually have this ranked at number three. Interesting. I have it at number nine. I haven't seen it in years, though, mm-hmm. so. I
1: Because th- I think one of the things that I really like about it is because it really is just like the Bride and Prejudice and just like how I feel the original Jane Austen books are satires of the culture, and the society. Mm -hmm. And I think it brilliantly satires Mormon culture, especially in Utah.
0: Fair enough. I just remember that I didn't think the acting was very good and some of the parts, some of the humor didn't quite work. I mean, I I definitely could have
1: done without the Carmen Rasmussen musical number.
0: (laughs) 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 It's been probably 10 years since I've seen this. So take that with a huge grain of salt. But anyway, that's where I have it uh have it ranked so anyway uh next we have bridget jones's diary based on the novel by helen fielding and that's a adaptation kind of 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 pride and prejudice we have bridget played by renee zellweger who is uh writes in this gets this diary decides to write for a a year in her life and she talks about her struggles at work which i'm a big fan of uh and her boss which uh played by hugh grant and, uh, and then her, you know, childhood friend, uh, by Colin Firth, who she meets at this Christmas party wearing this jumper, uh, mm-hmm. with a reindeer on it. And, um, her parents obviously really want her to get married. Um, Jim Broadbent uh, is, and Gemma Jones are her parents. They're so fun. Um, yeah. And, uh, she has a great group of friends who, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, I love when she makes, she makes, food for, for, for Darcy. Darcy and she had the string falls. The blue soup. And it ends up being blue and he's like, and he's like it's an underused food color. <laughs> so funny and I think that uh, you know she has a lot of insecurities which I can certainly relate to uh, as far as uh, her job and her weight and her uh, you know other things and I think the script is really sharp and funny and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just really, really enjoy it. And I think Renee Zellweger, who also got nominated for an Oscar for this role, um, I think she's great and very charismatic and I hated the sequel. It was awful. Um, But I thought that the third movie, Richard Jones's Baby, was actually pretty funny. Mm. Uh, And I enjoyed that. Uh, I particularly liked the third movie. Any scene with her at the newsroom was hilarious. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I I really enjoy Richard Jones's Diary. It's probably one of my more favorite rom-coms.
1: Yeah, I I think it's pretty funny. Um, Colin Firth is so incredible in this movie. I mean... I honestly think that I like his version of Darcy in this movie more than I like his Darcy in the A&E Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. And I know that is going to get some looks from me for saying that. But he's so wonderful towards the end of this movie, yeah. in the back half. And it's not necessarily anything against him or against his character, Mr. Darcy, in that. But he's much even just based on, like, the fact that it's a modern retelling versus the old retelling, he's able to just, like, show his affection more. Yeah. And, and like, say his feelings. So I really enjoy that. Um, the, the fight scene between Colin Firth and Hugh Grant oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. honestly one of my favorite things in the entire world. I would watch that movie just for that fight scene yeah. i think it's probably my number three ranked fight scene of all time yeah. i mean and the other two are with jason statham and like actual fight scenes that are just awesome so i mean that is high praise because i am as you know a huge fan of
0: fight scenes yeah. i don't know if you know <laughs> and it's really it's a really good fight scene i completely agree it's very Uh, it's funny even though it's like no yeah for laughs like it's not a slapstick scene but it's just like I don't know it's just so funny it's Um, a very
1: real fight because neither of them are good at it
0: yeah yeah, I think that's right that's that's the that's a way to describe it yeah that's what makes it funny (laughs) um and uh yeah it's just really charming and she's just a really likable character and uh I don't know. I just think it's it's great. And uh so where do you have this one ranked? I have this ranked at number 5 on my list. Yeah. And I we should add this is rated R. We don't normally cover rated R movies on our thing, but it's pretty mild R, I think.
1: I it does have a lot of language and there is a flashback of um people going at it like bunnies, right. using the terms <laughs> that they say in the show. Um I mean, so yeah. Yeah, it does, it does have a lot of it, pervasive language. I mean, there's the friend who they even have, like, an F-word counter for.
0: Mm, right, right, right. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah. So if that stuff bothers you, then this is not your kind of movie. Exactly. So where do you have this ranked? Uh, I have this ranked at number five. Yeah. So I have it at
0: three. Yeah. So, We're pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Next, we have the uh, Colin Firth version. Uh, of *Pride and Prejudice*. This was in 1995, and uh, this was actually a uh, like a miniseries mm-hmm. for a uh, that came over on a BBC made, I believe. Um, and uh, it starred Jennifer Ehle as Lizzie and uh, Colin Firth in one of the more iconic roles uh, on uh, on television. Really, I think you could make an argument for it. I mean, it, this was such an iconic performance as darcy and uh and yeah uh, what do you think and this basically is very true to the book it's this is it this is pride and prejudice and i think it's interesting that when they redid all the jane austen's in like 2008 2009 um the one they didn't touch is pride and prejudice because how do you do it better than this as far as like a faithful retelling it's pretty hard i think yeah,
1: they they do a lot of really faithful adaptations. There are some extra scenes for Mr. Darcy that are obviously not in the book because it's not really told from his perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I am not going to begrudge them putting more Colin Firth on my screen. That's and Slimming. it's just honestly, I don't know it's not perfect because there's no perfect movie except for possibly the first Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean. But we'll get into that later. Um, but I it's so wonderful and I think part of the reason is why it was able to be so great is they gave it six hours to breathe and to explore the characterizations and and to have you know fun but also take things seriously and give it the gravitas that it needed it's amazing it's amazing
0: yeah Yeah, agreed in all ways I mean you've got all the the great uh, english sets uh you know houses whatever uh you have the yeah the great swimming scene I and mean, that's a great
1: everyone scene. i mean honestly colin firth diving into the lake and then walking out all not in the lake is honestly i think probably the swooniest thing that in the history of all women have swooned over but for my money the favorite part of colin firth in this movie is when he's watching her like rescue his sister play the piano and he just does that like smile Mm, delicious
0: this movie does the whole british stare so well yeah like it kind of introduced me to it for
1: (laughs) well and the thing that makes that work so well is there's not a lot that he can say right in that time
0: but man could he look it That's a very good. Way to describe it. They have pretty good chemistry. Not all the casting is perfect. I think our yeah. mom- mother is a little over the top.
1: She yeah, that's that's where this movie does have some flaws, I think, is it doesn't it doesn't really give depth of character to all of the characters. I think it makes them a little flat. Yeah. Um, even Lydia doesn't really have any depth. And I think Olivia is a very nuanced, interesting character.
0: Well, and she looks too old. I think the actress was too old for Lydia. That's one thing I like in 2005 is she looks like a teenager, pretty much, I think. Yeah. In my opinion. But it's fantastic, and there's really not a lot. Uh, So where do you have it ranked? Obviously, it's ranked number one. Yeah, obviously. Agreed. Number one, it's great. Uh, So then we have the next one. It's probably one most people haven't heard of. It's the BBC version from 1980. And this, I, it, it's it's actually, I think it's fine, but it just doesn't hold up as far as production. Uh, it feels very dated. Uh, but uh, I don't know. There's not like some, I don't think it's, there's some horrible thing that they do. It just feels like something made for TV in 1980 is the problem.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. it's really boring to me. I don't feel like any of the acting is that great. I don't feel like the director made really good choices. I don't like it.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. I just think it just feels very dated. So, it's fun. you could probably skip. I feel
1: like a lot of the costumes though are like still in use in the BBC. Yeah closet vault today so that's kind of fun that's
0: probably true yeah. that's
1: one of actually my favorite things about all of these period piece movies is to sell see like
0: mm, is that the same dress <laughs> From... well it is interesting to see just how different the the same sort of time period how different depending on the costume designer can make it look obviously some of these aren't in the same time period but the ones that are they look quite different which yeah. is interesting to me um but yeah, anyway, it's, all, it's my number 10.
1: Yeah, obviously. It's not am number 10. Yeah. I mean, there's not an 11th movie, but it's like, it's basically my number 11. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure any other adaptation of Pride and Prejudice will be higher than this one just because of, <laughs> it just pales so in comparison to something so similar, which is the first one. So it's just yeah. always going to get bumped lower. Right.
0: The, the final one we have is the Pride and Prejudice. With Sir, Sir Lawrence Olivier and Greer Garson from 1940 and uh, this movie uh, I mean he's a great Darcy you can't beat him as uh, Darcy and uh, it, I think it's fine it's just very very strays off of the book big time yeah <laughs> uh, absolutely they have a lot of differences uh, but I like Greer Garson I like Olivier I mean it's Darcy's dream casting Um so, and I haven't seen this one in a long time, so I don't know. What do you think about this uh, older version?
1: Um, yeah, it's so bananas. It's set in World War, I mean, not World War I, it's set during the Civil War. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, it, it's very, it's like all the names are the same and their relationships are the same, but like the characters aren't really even close, I, lady Catherine de Bourgh being the matric, like the um, like matchmaker lady, is just bananas. It's so funny. The costumes in this movie, however, incredible. Yeah. Um, everybody looks so amazing in this movie, although it is just so bananas. Not true to the story. Yeah but it's, it's kind of a fun ride if you just take
0: it for a separate thing entirely. Yeah. That's what I agree. And the acting is, is really great. And it, yeah, that's my memory of it as well is that it's just, if you just take it as its own thing, it's a lot of fun, but, uh, but it's a, yeah, very, very strays from the book. So where do you have this ranked? Um, this is ranked as my number six. Oh, okay. I have a number four my rankings. So there we go. That is all of them. That's uh, all the ones. That's that it. We did it. Yeah, there you go. Look at us. I mean, and obviously
1: there have been some other adaptations, um, you know, including the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, but
0: we chose these 10 film adaptations. Yes. So let us know what your rankings are, and let's go over our various lists. So mine, I have the Colin Firth version at number one. I have 2005 with Keira Knightley at two. I have Bridget Jones at three. I have the 1940s at 4 pride and prejudice at 5 pride and prejudice and zombies at 6 12 minute christmas at 7 unleashing mr darcy at 8 pride and prejudice latter-day tale at 9 and the bbc pride and prejudice at 10 What about you?
1: yes um i have the colin firth jennifer la 95 at 1 the matthew McFadden, kira knightley at from 2005 at 2 Pride and Prejudice, A Latter-day Tale, 2003 version, at number three. Then Bride and Prejudice, Bridget Jones's Diary, at four and five. At number six, I have The Laurence Olivier from 1940. At number seven, I have Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Number eight, I have Unleashing Mr. Darcy. Number nine, I have The Twelve Men of Christmas. And at number ten is the
0: one from 1980. Mm, Okay, great. Good. Well, there are lists and uh, let us know what your lists are. Let us know what are your favorite Pride and Prejudice adaptations and uh, maybe any other Jane Austen you want to talk about, talk, talk with us about it. That would be really fun in, uh, in the uh, comment section or on Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. And, uh, and this week we have a, we'll have our good witch uh, recap on tomorrow. So make sure to check that out. We had our interview with Casey Manderson on Monday. So make sure that you listen to that. He's so sweet and so 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 great. Um, and then this upcoming week on the, this coming weekend on Hallmark Channel is The Perfect Bride 2 Wedding Bells. Uh, so you'll want to look forward to that and a new Haley Dean mystery. So lots of fun stuff going on on Hallmark Channels and of course another episode of The Good Witch. So lots- and Amber, where can people find you? As always, I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter, and that's it. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. And I'd really appreciate if you follow that. And make sure you're following us on all our social media at pod on iTunes, and on YouTube, and on Twitter, everywhere else that you can, you can follow us. Follow us, please. And uh, we try to post every single day on Instagram. And uh, so... Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.
1: Bye everybody.